Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Isn't She Powerful podcast. This is, of course, the On My Sleeve episode for February. The On My Sleeve episodes are very near and dear to my heart. They are typically typically about something a little bit more um, personal than some of my other podcast episodes. In a lot of the other episodes, I will, of course, be educating or sharing some kind of information for you to take and use. A lot of times, the information on the On My Sleeve episodes are more personal. This time, though, there is going to be some things for you to take and use. I have convinced my amazing husband, Shane, to be on the show with us. He is going to be sharing with us today some things about, you know, living healthy as a couple, how to get started on a health journey, or how to help your husband to get on board with a healthy lifestyle change, how to stick to healthy habits, and so much more. I'm really excited for you guys to get to dig into this episode with us. And at the end, we will also share a little bit about, you know, um, what, and I posted about, you know, questions for him on my Instagram stories. And so a lot of these questions came from you guys. And I we did get a couple of more personal questions about our relationship. So we'll share those at the end too. I'm really excited for you guys to get to hear this episode. So without further ado, let's welcome my wonderful husband, Shane. Welcome to the Isn't She Powerful podcast. I'm your host, Laura B., health coach, educator, and founder of the Be Healthy Lifestyle. I'm here to bring you all of the health education and motivation so that you can sign off each week feeling equipped and empowered to tackle all of your health goals. Come along with me as I teach you the basics of healthy living so that you can have everyone in your life saying, isn't she powerful? Hello, Shane. Welcome to Isn't She Powerful? Hi. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. We're all really excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. The first question that we have for you is, will you please tell us how your view on health has evolved throughout your life? Yeah. So actually, Laura and I grew up pretty like similarly in terms of like types of food that we ate and all things like that. I feel like the only difference really between us is you probably ate a lot more food at home versus my family ate out a lot. We were like, constantly running around everywhere my sister and I played like every sport under the sun so it just wasn't really like easy for us to make meals at home so we ate a ton of fast food all the time because that was what was convenient or if we were going to eat healthier it was like something that we microwaved that you know a simple health meal or something like that like that was what healthy food was Um, and then as I got older just like Lauren I feel like a lot of other people when I decided I wanted to get quote-unquote healthy I decided that I was going to try all kinds of different diets and stuff um, and try to exercise more and do more cardio. Like the big thing for me was like I got into fasting and I did like um, I would do like two days a week. I'd eat like 600 calories a day, which was so hard. And then I moved from that to like two 24 hour fasts a week to try to lose weight. And I thought that was healthy because I was like losing weight and everything. And it was it was working really well. But I definitely learned that that was not going to be a sustainable thing. And um, now like thanks to my relationship with Laura and her like knowledge of, um, you know, all of this health stuff at, at a detailed level beyond what I know, it's been able to make it a lot easier because I can do healthier things because it's just become part of our daily routine more so than it would have been otherwise. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, when we first got together, you were more so trying to get healthier than I was. You definitely influenced me and made me at the beginning. I I wouldn't have even really gotten into any of this if it weren't for you. Because when we first started dating, you were doing the 24-hour fast and all those things. And and so I was just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'll go to the gym whenever you're here on the weekends. And I would try to go during the week, too, but then I never really did. I would just go on the weekends with you. Um and so I feel like you definitely kind of started my relationship with health. So you start, you kind of kickstarted it and then I took it to the next level. Like I, I took it way further than you did. For sure. That's not even, that's not even close. You, you definitely blew me away on the, the healthy aspect of things for sure. But I'll, I'll take the credit for getting you started. I'll take that. Yeah. So it's definitely been cool for us to evolve together. And I feel like our, and that's another question that's on here is like, do you follow my health advice? And I think a like kind of similar question to that is, do you value health in the same way I do? And do you like value the same things that I do whenever it comes to living a healthy lifestyle? (laughs) So that's a lot of questions there. So 
Um, I definitely do like follow your advice. I feel like just with anything else, like it's almost never perfect, right? Like we never follow everything perfectly. I would never like attempt to say that I'm as committed to health as you are. I feel like that would be unfair. Like this is like your entire job. Your understanding of health is like so above what mine is. Like all of my knowledge is, you know, secondhand from you. So I can't say that I'm as committed to it, but I've definitely grown more committed to it. I mean, even when you first started doing this and first started trying to get healthy, like I, I wouldn't say I was against it. I was always supportive of you, but I feel like at the beginning I was like supportive of you um, without me wanting to be as included in like the, the health aspect of it. And, and of course, I'm sure you can talk more about that too, but I was, I feel like more of like, I think you're going to be really great at this. I think you really are, are good about talking about this. You care a lot about this. But I don't know that I am really concerned about eating as healthy. I just kind of want to like lift my weights and do that and be content with that. But over time, I've like grown in that view. I think mostly just because like you've grown so much with it too. Like, and you've made it easy. That's that's what I feel like was really the part that made it where it was easy to follow for me is you made being healthy easier. You found ways to like mix in some vegetables, add in some things that would make food healthier but we didn't necessarily focus on every single thing we ever put on our body is healthy. And I think once I like came to understand that viewpoint, I was like, I can do that. Like that is like attainable for me to do that. And now there's a lot of things that I eat way healthier than I would have ever thought. Like if you would have asked someone, you know, five years ago, if I ate salad, they probably would have like laughed you like out of whatever room you were standing in. And now like last week I ate four salads like for lunch basically every day last week. Um, and I think that's just because like you made it really easy to get started and slowly work my way up to being healthier. And now I, I don't really mind that as much. I like see the value in that and just try to do small things now to make it a little bit better. Yeah. I think originally you had like a somewhat restrictive mindset, which so many people do of, I've got to cut food out. I've got to, you know, only eat these certain types of foods. And that means I need to not eat these certain types of foods. And I've got to go to the gym X amount of times. And, you know, I've got to lift this amount of weight. And that's where we get tripped up. We think that it has to be this all or nothing, perfect or nothing mindset. And you just said that, you know what I mean? Like once you learned, oh, I don't have to be perfect. We can go to Culver's and still get fries and a burger and a milkshake but also sometimes we don't have to do that we eat at home and we mix a vegetable into it and I can do both and it doesn't have to be all or nothing all the time I agree and I think like you said that was what made it a lot more like manageable for me is I was really like you said not restrictive I was just like I would rather skip eating two days a week so that I can eat all the food I want on the other days versus eating a salad a couple of days a week. Like that's the reality of like where it was when I started that process with you, like looking back on it and you know, it's, it's funny now, like of course, and we like laugh about it now. I'm like, yeah, there's no way I would have been able to keep that up. But that was just, like you said, it was very restrictive. That was my mentality of like, no, I want to eat nothing but Culver's like burgers and fries, like you mentioned all the time. And if I can do that, skip eating two days a week and lose weight, I'm going to call that a win. When in reality, like that's super far from the truth. It's really unhealthy in the grand scheme. It's not sustainable. And even if I did lose the weight, it wasn't going to be a, in a healthy way that was going to be good for my body. It was still going to cause my body some issues more than likely down the road. And it's not something that I was going to be able to stick to for, for a long time, just because the more things that you build into your life, the harder it is for you to schedule out two days a week that you can easily just not eat based off of what you're doing and be able to get enough calories and things in on those other days to build in around. So I think that was where it really made a difference, like I said earlier, just to make it easier to be healthy, where being healthy actually became the easier solution to my daily life. Mm, that's so sweet. Um, so tell me a little bit more about if somebody listening has a husband who maybe is in the same boat as you used to be, or maybe they're in the same boat as you used to be. And they're like, you know, thinking, well, for me, it does have to be all or nothing for me. I either always will eat the burgers and fries or I will, you know, never eat them again. How do they start taking that first step? Like what's, what did we start doing first and what made it easier for you to begin seeing food as kind of this gray thing rather than black and white? Yeah, no, so that one, I mean, that one's really tough because there is like just so many pieces of like how you said how we started um, that journey kind of thing. But I think for me, it was 
trying to move away from, like you said, the restrictive side of things of just like, I want to eat all this bad food basically all the time. Um, and, and anything else healthy is just like taking up room in my stomach basically from eating this bad food. And I know that Laura is going to elaborate that on that when she gets a chance. Cause I, that's, you know, definitely the mentality. I was like, I still have some of that mentality, but I've gotten better. Um, but I think the easiest thing is just trying to find things to add in to meals you already like. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't just start trying to eat, you know, like I don't like Brussels sprouts. So don't just start trying to eat Brussels sprouts because you want to be healthier. Just try to take something that you already eat and build that in. So like one of the meals that Laura makes that I like really think about this with is her sloppy joes. It's one of these like meals that's very easy. She can throw it together pretty quickly, but it's it's a huge hit. Like we both enjoy it. It's something our families and friends always ask her to make. Um, and it has a bunch of like vegetables mixed in and everything, but you really don't know they're there. Um, I mean, truthfully, like that probably Laura might be why you put it into healthy handled was mm-hmm. just because you knew it was these like this easy recipe that everybody really likes. It has some vegetables hidden in it. Like it has like peppers and onions and a bunch of things in it that on a normal like day, I would be like, I don't want this. Like I would, if it has peppers, I don't want to eat that versus this meal. I see the peppers in it, like, but you don't taste them. I don't notice that they're there. It allows me to get in some vegetables that way. So just trying to find some things that you do enjoy, tweak them a little bit, mix in the vegetables and and maybe not focus so much on changing your entire diet because that's not going to be sustainable either. That's not going to be much better than trying to fast because you're never going to stick to that. If you go from where I was of eating fast food for the majority of meals my whole life and then turn around and be like, all right, well, now we're eating salad, Brussels sprouts, and broccoli for every single meal every single day I would have never stuck to that and it would have like probably pushed me away from vegetables really because I'd be like no if that's what eating healthy quote-unquote is I don't want to do that and so it's just trying to find some ways to mix in those pieces um, to be a little bit healthier each time and then work your way up yeah and that is one of my main philosophies as you know very well now from living (laughs) with me I mean I implement a lot of this stuff on you and I know that sounds like I'm like a terrible wife or something, but like I, I, I implemented on my own life. You know what I mean? That's, that's my job and it's what I do. And so, I mean, absolutely. I, I take these little, these big goals and turn them into these little tiny action steps. And we did that with eating healthy too. When we first moved in together, it was canned green beans. Do you remember that? (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) yeah. And we used to eat so many canned green beans because we found something that we would both like. If I put it on our plate, we'd both eat it. And and it was fine, you know what I mean? And so, but eventually those canned green beans evolved and now we eat so much else. And I can't even tell you the last time we ate canned green beans. They'd probably be disgusting to we us don't now. Like them. That's yeah. why we did because we got them the one day and mm-hmm. we we're like, oh, these are bad because we, now we've eaten some other things. You've gotten bigger into eating like, you know, fresh greens and things like that. And now we don't know the difference. And we're like, yeah, I don't, I don't want that mm-hmm. out of the can anymore. Right. But it, it started small. It started at mm-hmm. those canned green beans and it took time. I mean, we've been, we've been doing this together for like five years. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so it's been one of those things it's kind of like grown and evolved with us and I think that's one of our main both of us main philosophies on living a healthy lifestyle is take it one tiny step at a time and that was one of the questions that somebody asked is do we have a common definition of healthy and I feel like we do can you can elaborate on that but I really feel like we view health very similarly yeah I agree like you said it's definitely been a process like you you were definitely way better about that like nutrition side focus of health at the beginning than I was that was definitely a slow process for me but I think that's kind of why this this kind of works I feel like for us because like you said at the beginning before we really got into health I was the one that was working out and was trying to be a little bit healthier maybe not going about it the right way and certainly not the way we do it now but it got us started on that way and then you wanted to get into it and you learned the path that we've now followed like you said for like five plus years and gotten better with it over time but it's taken us those five years to get to that point where we're at. And like, I know a lot of times the main reason people look to get healthy in a majority of cases is to lose weight, right? Like I did that, you did that. We, mm-hmm. we are both those people. And you think, I want to find the way to get there quickest. And there are definitely ways to get there quickly. There's no doubt. Like there's a reason that all these different diets and things exist, but 
you can't sustain that versus we've been doing this for five years. It has been sustainable. It's, it's an almost effortless part of our life at this point. Like we don't really think about it. Like, of course we do in terms of like planning out our meals and stuff, but that's what we have to like, quote unquote, think about. We don't have to think about, all right, what are we going to do to make our meals healthy this week? We just say, okay, here's the meals we're going to eat. This is what we do that makes them healthier. And we just kind of go with that and build. And of course, try to add some more like meals in over time. But I think that's what's made it work so well is that we've done this over the course of five years, building it as something that we can sustain that we kind of, it's not quite on autopilot because we do have to do a lot of things to make sure that we are maintaining it. But it's not like a constant discussion of, what are we going to have for dinner today? What are we going to have for dinner today? Because we like know we're going to eat healthy. We know we're going to eat at home. We know we're going to cook certain meals each week and just build around that. And it's made it to where we can do that. We've both now lost a, a good significant amount of weight. I don't even know what we've lost, you know, total at this point. But we don't think about like that weight loss aspect of it anymore because we're just like, hey, if we eat healthier, the results are going to come. We may not be, you know, like in perfect shape because that's just not the way that we view health. We view health as like, we want to be healthier um, and just try to make things better. And that's worked really well for us where I feel like we've been able to at least maintain a certain weight um, consistently. Like even when we go to hang out with my friends, that's one thing that they've pointed out a couple times that every time they see us, they feel like we look exactly the same as before. They're like, it never seems like you guys have lost a ton of weight or put on any weight. Like you literally just look the same every time. And I feel like that's a really good thing. Like, I feel like that's a good, like, example of the fact that what we're doing doesn't change and it allows us to maintain at least like a certain standard of health from like week to week. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that is what sustainability is. Like, we have built these habits that now, like you said, like, no, they're not effortless. We still have to put in effort for them. But like you said, it's not like a constant grind of like, I'm I'm trying and trying and trying and nothing's working and we feel defeated all the time. At this point, it's just one of those things where, and I think it's because we've shifted our view on health in such a drastic way. Like you said, it used to be solely focused on what did that, what did that number underneath our feet say every morning when we stepped on the scale? That was all we cared about for such a long time. And now we shifted it into how do we feel? Do we have energy? You know what I mean? Like, are we, do we like who we see in the mirror? You know what I mean? Like, are we sleeping well at night? There's all these different things that we now take into consideration that before we didn't even know that we needed to take into consideration. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't even know that that was a part of health. And I think that is one of the biggest ways that we have grown over time is like figuring out, well, what does it mean to actually be healthy? Like, it doesn't mean that we weigh a certain amount. And I've said this on the podcast before. You don't look at somebody and say, oh, they, I mean, like, there are probably people who have this skill, actually. But we don't look at people and say, oh, they weigh X amount of pounds. Like, nobody cares how much you weigh. You know what I mean? Like, we care about, I care about, are my friends kind? You know, like, do they, whatever. I care about so much more about them than the number that they are. You know what I mean? Like, that means nothing. And we put so much emphasis on that. So I appreciate that you brought that up. Um, another question that was on here, and I think this kind of relates to what we've been talking about is how do we balance being supportive? How do you balance being supportive of my health goals while still eating the things that you want to eat? Because first of all, there are things that you can eat that I can't eat. (laughs) And you also, you know, I definitely like seek out eating vegetables and things like that a little bit more than you do. So how do we balance that? Yeah. So like I said, and we'll continue to say anytime it comes up, you are far better than me at the end of the day on your focus on health and making sure you're eating the right food. I do a lot better about it because you've like provided that value to me of why it's important. And I've tried to find some ways to improve that. But as I've said in here, and we'll probably say forever too, like my focus is to be healthier. And that's why I can do health the way that you coach it like a lot of people do it different ways your way I can do because it does allow a good mix we definitely do have like different goals I feel like the main thing that that really stands out is when we go out to eat like you've really like improved on that I feel like over the span of like the five-year period that we're talking about of whenever we go out to eat even though we only eat out once max of twice a week now on like a rare occasion currently you're pretty much going to get something healthy. I would say, I don't know, 50, 
50 to 75% of the time on those, you know, you might get that burger and fries somewhere, but unless you go somewhere and know I want a burger and fries, you're going to find something that's a little bit healthier, like a salad, a grilled chicken entree, something like that. Versus when I go out to eat, that's not my mentality on it. When I go out to eat, I'm like, okay, we ate really healthy this week and I feel okay getting the burger and fries, the, you know, the pizza, whatever it is, because I've eaten well, like throughout the week. And to me, that's not a cheap meal. Cause that's not, I don't want to like view it that way, but I like in my own head feel okay with that. Like I, it makes me happy to eat that food. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I eat well during the week and I don't feel like I'm suffering during the week. Like I used to, because once again, we've built up this process, but I know that I eat healthy. I know that I do a lot of things, right. I eat, like eat better. I work out. So I don't feel guilty at all whenever I eat those meals. And I feel like a lot of times in like that restrictive mentality that we both had previously that even if we did eat healthy, we would feel guilty at the end of the week if we had that bad meal or whatever day. Neither one of us, even when we make that decision, feel guilty about it anymore. Like if you get chicken strips and fries at a restaurant because you love their chicken strips and fries, you don't feel guilty about that. You don't complain about it or anything for the rest of the day. And, And I've gotten to that point too. So um, I would say the balancing aspect, the hardest thing is that um, now that you can't eat dairy, I love ice cream. Like Laura and I used to go on like ice cream dates all the time. Like when we were dating, like it didn't matter where, we, when we lived separately or when we lived together, we would go and get ice cream together in some capacity. I would say at least once a week mm-hmm. realistically. And so it's been kind of a change. Like I do still eat the ice cream when we go to certain restaurants. Um, and that I do feel a little more guilty about just cause she, <laughs> cause she can't eat it. So it's a little bit different. Um, but, and it's also just trying to find ways around that. We've tried to find some restaurants that have desserts where maybe we can get the ice cream on the side or something like that, where she can still enjoy like, you know, the cookie or the cake or something that comes with it that doesn't really seem to like impact her, her dairy challenge as much, but we can still enjoy that dessert together. So I feel like that's kind of like the balancing aspect there. And I think you kind of have grown with that too. I think at the beginning when if you would start to eat some healthier meals out and I was eating some things that weren't as good, I think that took some time to like adjust to as well because like you joke all the time that you like want me to be around forever and all these things and that's why you like try to get me to eat healthier. But I think we've come to like a good compromise of that of like, hey, we really are doing so much better than we were. We're going to continue building on these. But in the meantime, like eat the things that you enjoy. Like in the grand scheme, we all have like a, it's a pretty short life that we're here for, right? Like, and we want to eat these healthier foods and do these things to keep us around as long as possible. But if you're going to be here, you also want to be able to enjoy it. Go and do those things you want to do. Have those activities, eat the food you want to eat, go and have a guy's night, a girl's night where you're eating and drinking all the stuff you want and you're not thinking about it. You're just able to enjoy it because you know that you're doing these other good habits in the background of your life. And that's like what matters on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like to, and I've encouraged some of my clients to start viewing health as, and start viewing healthy food as either fuel for the soul or fuel for the body. Hmm. And it's like, you know, if it's something that supports your health, that has protein and fiber and color and healthy fats in there, it's fuel for the body. It is, you know, giving your body and your organs and, and all the things what it needs to function properly. Whereas, you know, when you go out and get burgers and fries and a milkshake, then that's fuel for the soul. Like sometimes you just need those things and sometimes those things feel good for you. And whenever you can recognize that I can still go out and eat those food for the soul meals. I can cook food for the soul right here in my own house. Like I can eat those things and it doesn't ruin anything that I've done in the past because we often think, well, I've done so good this week and now I'm just going to ruin it by going out to eat. And it's like, no, you, you did, you, you, I hate whenever people say good and bad. Like, it's not good or bad. The only time food is bad is if it's been spoiled or, you know, you literally can't eat it. It makes you sick, right? Like, that's when it's bad. But it's not bad for you to fuel your soul, to eat something that makes you happy. And so I think, yeah, that has been something that you and I have both learned together as Mm -hmm. how to transition the way that we view food in, in terms of is it good for us or bad for us. So talk, so you are kind of known as the picky eater husband or, <laughs> and I say picky eater approved and then bring you in. Is it picky eater approved, Shane? So how do you feel about being known as the picky hubby? It's actually pretty funny. It, it's so funny that that's become like, I don't know, like such a big part of like your brand, right? And the, the way that you coach, like, and it's funny whenever you like, 
talk about stuff you were talking about, like the process earlier and me being the one that you kind of try stuff out off. Like, like I am essentially like the be healthy guinea pig, like the, the original person, you know, from start to all the way up until now that all this stuff gets tested on <laughs> before it ends up anywhere, whether it ends up in your coaching programs or in your healthy handled meal planning. Like it doesn't really matter. Like all of that stuff goes through me. So I think that it's kind of funny, like, because I feel like it's so fitting, right? Like, whether it's a, a picky husband, picky boyfriend, picky kids, I do fall in that category, and I, like, laugh <laughs> about it. Like, um, Laura and I were just talking. I had a, a lunch at work the other day, and they ordered in, like, sub sandwiches. And everybody there went through, like, their whole subs, clearly liked it. They were pretty basic subs. They just had, like, meat, some lettuce, um, and different, like, sauces on them. I didn't like mine. Like, they were basic things. I just didn't like the sauce that was on them. I took, like, a couple bites out of each one, and I sat there and thought to myself, like, she's not wrong. Like, I'm a picky <laughs> eater. And I, and I joke all the time, too, that, like, I have the diet of a six-year-old. Like, you know, give me a burger. Give me some chicken nuggets. Give me some fries, some pizza. I'm good. Like, that's that's all I need. I can live on that. Um, but that's one of the things that I think about your coaching that I like so much and why it is something that I can do because – I am that person. Like, I am that person that will eat that food if it is in front of me at all times. Like, but you've made it to where it is achievable to be healthier without me having to give up all of those things that I enjoy eating. Like you said, I know you, you've mentioned that before, like the food for the soul thing. Like, I definitely enjoy that kind of food and get value out of that, of just being able to eat that. Um, so I think the the picky husband or picky eater approved stuff is really good because it's true. It, it's not some like fake thing that you made up just to try to like boost, you know, an image or anything like that. It's a true thing that you have like tried and tested every like meal, every health habit that you've like worked on, on a person that's coming from that standpoint. You're not talking, you're not talking about a person that like always wanted to be super healthy and, you know, has just, eaten perfect food their entire life that's not me i really am that person that just wants to eat the most basic food so if you can build something whether it's you know programs or meals that i can follow i know that that's a more attainable thing that the average person can do because i actually probably eat worse on a regular basis before you or without you than the average person would so if i can like follow that i feel like it like really does like add some value and makes it reasonable so the picky eater thing is accurate, so I, I can't disagree with it, and I, I think it's funny that it's, like, taken off to be such a big thing. So if you had some advice, and we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but if you, you had some advice for somebody who has a picky hubby or is picky themselves or picky kids or whatever, what would how would you advise them to maybe get started and start implementing some of the things, and what are some of the things that we implement for you as a picky eater. Sure. So you're right. I feel like we kind of talked about some of it. Like, obviously, I'm not an expert on any of this stuff nearly at the level that you are. But I do think like some of those small changes that we made at the beginning made it so much easier. It wasn't like you just plopped down a huge plate of vegetables and was like, eat this food because this is dinner. Like, you, you didn't really do that. It was never just sudden change from you know, here's the six-year-old diet plate that you're used to eating to now you're just going to eat this plate of nothing but like greens and carrots and whatever. It was just adding the small stuff in. Like I said, the sloppy joes, they just taste like sloppy joes. They're really good, but they have, you know, onions, peppers, other things. I don't know what all is in them, but I know that they have vegetables in them. Or maybe just trying to make like a small switch out. Like, if you want, if you have the burgers and fries, like instead of, you know, burgers and regular french fries, maybe get burgers and sweet potato fries. Like, are they significantly better? No, probably not. But at least it is a vegetable and you're going to get a little bit more of that nutrition content than you would otherwise. And then adds a little bit of color too. It adds a little bit of color. And that's the thing. That's one of the things that I like to talk about too, is like, even if you, and I like to talk about, and you mentioned it earlier whenever we were talking about this, adding versus taking something away from your life. You know what I mean? Like add something into your plate, add something. And so whether if that means, you know, adding sweet potato fries on because it just gives a little bit of color to a plate that didn't have any, then that's a win. You know what I mean? Like, and start viewing some of these things, these tiny little things as a huge win. Like, you know, you took a plate that had no color on it and you added some color to it. That was a huge win for you in that moment. Oh yeah. And, and you're right. And I, I think the, the addition versus subtraction thing with food is really a, a big piece of why this is sustainable for me. 
is that we just add in more things. You don't take away things that I enjoy and don't stop me from eating them. It's just like, okay, I know you enjoy this, but we're going to pair it with this side item or something like that. So we're just going to add something healthier to that. Um, and one of the funny things that we talk about that like makes Laura happy that I do for like totally the wrong reason, but it works out is if I get a burger on my plate, for instance, and then I have like a salad on the side or broccoli, I eat the salad or the broccoli first because that's not my favorite part of the meal. The burger is, but I eat the salad and the broccoli first just because I want to go ahead and get rid of it. But it makes Laura thrilled because Laura knows, like in the grand scheme, if you, I don't really care about the burger because since you ate the broccoli and the lettuce first, you got in these greens. You're do this is much better for your blood sugar in the long stream, like, or in the long, like, I'm like drawing a blank on that, like in the long run that makes it ultimately better to where you don't mind that stuff as much because once again you're still making the meal better overall healthy um and i think that's just the thing is adding in those like small little things that make it a little bit healthier and just build on that over time i mean and honestly the fact that i can sit here and recite to you that i know eating those vegetables first improves your blood sugar <laughs> should tell you everything i need you need to know about whether i actually like follow the advice of Laura be healthy all the time and like what I've learned just from like being around her and someone that has no knowledge of this field um so I know that the way she talks about this stuff is relatable because like I said I can understand it and it makes sense to me do y'all see why I literally love this man he is so sweet is he not the best um Shane is there a food that you just like refuse to eat even if it's hidden into something (laughs) so I've gotten a lot better and Laura can comment more I'm sure like about being willing to try stuff. I was really not open to trying a lot of things at the beginning. Like I said, six-year-old diet over here. I didn't want to eat a lot of vegetables. If it was green, I didn't want it near me. Um, but at this point, like I'll pretty much try any any foods um, and give them a try, especially if they're hidden. My only vegetable that I just like cannot do so far is Brussels sprouts. Laura loves them. She has this meal called Brussels base that she makes all the time. She's like moved to making it for lunches for herself now. Like I just can't do it. Like, that's just one of those that I don't like. But I think that's, once again, another reason why this has been sustainable. Because, like, we, I can be open with her about that and, and tell her. And she's open with me about things that we try. Like, there have been meals that she's made that I like, but she doesn't like. And we, you know, find ways to mix those in later. But we just work our way through it. We try stuff. If we like it, we add it into our meal plans and start. And it, you know, makes it into our rotation of stuff. If we don't like it, we either don't eat it or find times when the other person can eat it. Like, if maybe Laura's got a bunch of stuff going on in the evenings one week and it's easier for me just to warm up some food or she's going to be gone or she wants to make something that I don't like, she eats it for lunch that week. We just find some ways to incorporate those meals that the other maybe doesn't like, um, but it doesn't have to like come out completely. And then if we just don't like something, we kick it to the side and move on to the next thing. Yeah. And if we try a vegetable, like I do all of the cooking. We won't even lie about that and say Shane does anything in the kitchen, but he'll help me clean up every once in a while. That's my um, contribution is, is cleaning up. That's that's the best way for me to do it. The more I stay out of the way, the better the food's going to be. And then I don't know that the food is there. Remember, I'm still a six-year-old at heart. The less of it that I see prepared, the easier it's going to be in the grand scheme. It's it easier true. to hide something if the person you're hiding it from is not there. That's true. But what I was going to say is if we cook, if I cook a vegetable one way and then we don't like it, that doesn't mean that that vegetable is bad. It just means that I didn't like how we didn't like how it was prepared that way. And I'll try cooking it a different way. Like if I if you know I cook broccoli for Shane, roasted in the oven, and he's like, no, it's too crunchy. Then maybe I'll try cooking it sautéed in a pan with olive oil and some seasonings on top of the stove and see if he likes it better that way. So I have we have to remind ourselves sometimes that it's not the vegetable that we don't like; it's the way it's prepared. Most of the time, I will give Shane some credit. There are some vegetables that he just does not like and we did an experiment one time with Mm. um red onions and with tomatoes there's a meal that i make it's also in healthy handled and um it's like cauliflower like taco nacho things and it's just in this really big bowl we just kind of eat it with like tortilla chips sometimes shane will put it in like a um tortilla and eat it as like a taco and we had I made him close his eyes, and then I gave him three separate bites. One bite had, like, no tomatoes or onions. One bite had onion, and one bite had tomato. 
And this man was able to tell me which one had which. And I was just floored because I was like, these, all of these things taste the same. Like there's no way that you can pick this out. And he was like, no, I can tell you exactly which one had which, which bite had which. And I was like, okay, fine. And he was like, and I didn't like it. And I was like, okay, fine. Like, fine. You've proven to me that you don't like this and I get it now. Okay. I get it. So there are definitely some things that, you know, I just have to, we have to respect that the other person doesn't like, you know what I mean? Like, I just have to realize, you know, he's not going to like every single thing that I cook and that's okay. But also sometimes it's the way that it's cooked. Like he says that he doesn't like onions, but in some meals he does like onions or he doesn't even know that the onions are there. You know what I mean? So it's just sometimes about the way that it's prepared. So don't get discouraged if you try something and then you don't like it or if you cook something and then your partner says that they don't like it. Like, don't get discouraged over it. Just try cooking it a different way and seeing if you can come up with something. So Shane, um, I feel like that kind of goes over what's your least favorite food. We kind of talked about that one, but that was one of the questions. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so a few more questions for you. One, uh, what has been the hardest part about living a healthier lifestyle for you? I feel like for the most part, like we said, we've, we've built these habits up for a while, so it's not really too big of a deal. I feel like for me, the two that I would say, I guess, are the most inconsistent on one and the most consistent on the other is I am a little bit inconsistent about drinking water whenever I was like working pretty much every day in a physical office building I actually did a lot better with um getting like drinking my water because I had to get up and down from my desk a lot more to take things places so it was a little bit easier to give myself an excuse to fill up my water versus working at home which you feel like it would be easier but it's not I just don't think about it as much because I'm not having to get up and hand stuff to people everything I'm doing is remote so it's a little bit different Um, So what I've started trying to do when I work at home is I fill up my water every single day first thing in the morning and I set it directly next to me so that it's just easy to drink. And then I know that whenever I do have to get up to go and do something, hopefully the water is empty at some point for one of those and I can go fill it up and that helps me be a little more consistent. But I'm working on that habit. My other consistent habit that's more of a problem is dessert. Like Laura, I love dessert. I like pretty much after I finish any meal, my first thought even to this day, even with all of our healthy changes is I could really use something sweet right now. And I do that. And so it's just like trying to balance that to where I do eat something sweet, but I make sure that it's always like after a meal. I mean, that's never really been as big of an issue for me. But once again, I've learned that importance from Laura to focus on making sure if I'm having some kind of a snack in the afternoon, that that's probably not it. I'm not usually going to go straight for the candy or something like that or ice cream I'm going to save that for at least after a meal um, and then just trying to keep those like portions down more often than not of course if I get ice cream out I'm not going to lie to you and say that I get like the tiny cup like of course I, I do still get like a full ice cream but when I'm eating at home maybe we buy a pint and I might eat on that same pint for like two weeks or so honestly and just eat like a few bites after dinner where I get that sweet um, that I'm looking for, but it's not necessarily as detrimental as, you know, just eating like, you know, an entire like big gallon sized thing in a sitting or something like that. Um, And I feel like that's been like a a good thing, but that is definitely like a tough thing that I struggle with sometimes still is just like, am I like still eating too much dessert? Do I need to probably cut back on this? Maybe like, um, but that's, I would say from a health standpoint, those are probably the two main things that maybe I think about personally. Yeah, I think so too. I think, you know, water is a challenge for me too. It's, I'm, and there are some people who just drink water consistently all the time, always hit their water goal. And I'm amazed by those people because it's never been that easy for me. But dessert, yeah, and we've joked at the beginning of our relationship that our relationship was built on the foundation of dessert. Like it's a cornerstone of our relationship because it is. We both just have a sweet tooth. We both love. And like you said, we would always go get Brewster's whenever you would come to town and visit Mm -hmm. me whenever we first started dating. It was just something that we did together. And it was, you know, it's always been a part of our relationship. And so that was a way that we, we both had to grow together. And I mean, anybody who's listened to the podcast for a while knows that I had a, had a pretty rough part of my journey there with sweets and things like that, where especially like that fourth year of teaching where I was just like, pounding sweets in the afternoons like literally would come home and I'm sure you remember Shane me coming home and being like I feel sick I ate so much candy today that I just like genuinely feel like I could throw up 
Oh yeah, I I definitely remember that. That was not like an uncommon thing. Like that was that was definitely a frequent thing. And it was, I mean, and I I know you've talked about it many times with clients. I'm sure on the podcast many times too, of just like chocolate. I feel like more than anything was your like stress food. Mm-hmm. Like if you got stressed, like you know you would eat other things just like anyone else. But if you got really stressed or had a really rough day or something like that, chocolate was like your go to. Um, and you're right. Like it did. There was plenty of times that you would come home and just be like, I am like sick to my stomach. And then we'd talk about it and you ate like a ton of Hershey's kisses or a bunch of like little like chocolate bars and stuff. And like, I think you knew, you know what I mean? Like you knew that that was what made you sick and you knew it was going to like, you would, you, you know, and you can of course elaborate, but like, I know that from conversations we had, you would go into it eating that chocolate and either before you even started or as you were eating, you knew it was going to make you sick. And you were still eating it because that was what made you comfortable in that moment. And you felt like that, like overpowered the need um, to not do that because it, it gave you that immediate satisfaction that you were looking for from whatever stress you were dealing with. And I feel like it's such like a good example of like how far the little changes in health can make a difference because now that never happens. Like I couldn't even tell you the last time that you ate like even what I would consider a significant amount of chocolate, much less to the point of getting sick. But that was a more common thing when you were like working in the school and got stressed. That was like your body's stress response was we're stressed or upset. We need chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I think, yeah, it it is because I built these habits, but also I educated myself. Like I learned a lot during that time about, you know, why whenever I eat one piece of chocolate, can I not stop? Well, that's because I'm spiking up my blood sugar, which then causes my blood sugar to crash, which then sends me on what I now call blood sugar roller coaster. And I was physically creating a craving within my body where I could not stop myself from eating. And that was Once I kind of learned that and realized, well, I'm responding to my emotions of wanting to avoid work because I was very unhappy there, wanting to avoid the work that I had to do in the afternoons. I'm responding by choosing to eat as a way to avoid work, which then sends my body into this blood sugar roller coaster, which causes it to physically crave more sugar. And that is why I can't stop. Then I began to, to figure out, okay, well, how can I stop that? And like you said earlier, have it as a after a meal or with a meal rather than on an empty stomach. And that has been one of the biggest things for me is recognizing that, you know, chocolate can have a place in my life. I don't have to give it up completely because I would wake up every morning and say, I'm going to be good today. I'm not going to do this today. And then, of course, in the afternoons, I would go in the same exact cycle. And that was happening like four or five days a week. Like this was not an uncommon thing. This was happening very frequently. And so it was whenever I finally found like, okay, well, if I have this chocolate with a little bit of protein and a little bit of fiber, and then it's going to keep my blood sugar a little bit more stable. And it's, it's okay if I do this, or maybe I just need to respond to my, you know, avoidance of work and my emotions about work in a different way that doesn't involve food. Because at the end of the day, that's not going to make my problem any better. So I really had to do a lot of work with my cravings and those type of things. But yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Shane. So the last question that I have here is how do we navigate which healthy habits we want to work on as a couple versus as individuals? Oh, I don't know. That one's kind of tough. Like, I feel like we're kind of at the point that a lot of our goals we usually kind of work on together. Um, I know for me, it still kind of stems back to the beginning of we talked about this five-year journey. I was really big into exercise. Like I view exercise as my best way to like maintain my weight. Like even with, you know, all the healthier habits and things that we have, like that's the way. And I enjoy it. Like it's one of those things I really like doing, but I've had to find that balance because at first I wanted to lose weight. So I did a bunch of cardio. I don't like cardio. I, I know a lot of people don't. And there's some people that do like but I don't, but I try to force myself to do that. And I noticed that I would like fall off the wagon from working out. And it's not because I didn't want to go to the gym. Like Laura can tell you, I actually really like going to the gym and it's something I like value, but it's just like, I really like lifting weights. Like that is what is motivating to me and fun for me at the gym. So I've had to really make sure that I stick to doing that. Um, versus I feel like Laura, Laura does work out and does exercise, but she values the nutrition side so much more than me. So that's a part that I'm lagging and still trying to catch up. So I think we have very similar goals in a lot of ways, but the things that we value most along the way in those goals is a little bit different. And I think that's more so what we've had to balance, but I don't, I feel like we have gotten to a good point with that. Like I said, we've 
been working on the process of all of these things for like five years now. We have a pretty good understanding of what we're trying to do and always improving it because, you know, Laura's always getting new information. She's always studying, like this is her craft. It's something that she's super passionate about. So she's always learning new things. And when she learns those new things, we try to incorporate them in like each of these steps. But for the most part, most of our goals just kind of agree. It's just we have different avenues at times of what part we're focusing on at any given moment. Yeah, I think the exercise thing was kind of hard sometimes because I like to be attached to Shane. I like to do everything that you do um, and just be right beside you all the time because I love you totally and completely. (laughs) And um, I think that was hard for me because the type of exercise that Shane enjoys is not the type of exercise that I enjoy. Like, I would much rather go on a long walk outside and Shane just, he'll he'll do that and, and he likes to do that, but he wants to go lift the weights and you know, I, that's just not the, I, I don't mind lifting weights again. Like we don't mind doing the thing that the other enjoys. It's just not what we primarily enjoy. And so I think exercise is one of the primary examples here of things that we do as individuals, whereas some of these other things are things we do as a couple, you know, like living the 80-20 lifestyle, the inclusion over exclusion, the adding in the vegetables, like all those other things are things that we do together. Whereas I think exercise is the main thing that we do separately. Yeah, I I would agree with you. I feel like that's really the main thing that is kind of a separate piece of us from a health standpoint, because like you said, we both can do the other thing that one likes. Like there are times that I've skipped the gym to go on a walk with you and I enjoy going on a walk with you because I get to talk to you and you and I get to go through our whole day more so than we usually do. But I also miss the gym because I like going to to the gym. Like you Mm -hmm. said, it is a different thing. And so that is something that is usually kind of easier for us to do separately because we can both do the things that we can enjoy, enjoy at their fullest. And it doesn't, you know, like force the other person to do something differently than maybe what they were planning to do that day too. Yeah, for sure. So there are a couple of questions that are more fun and relationship based <laughs> that we'll ask in just a couple of seconds. But before I ask you that, I, I would just love if you could give any advice to anybody who's listening who has a husband that they're trying to get on board with living a healthy lifestyle or they're trying to, you know, want them to be into this like the way that they are, they're getting more into health and they want their husband to be more into it. What advice do you have for those that are listening? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really just to try to keep it as simple as possible. Like you've, you've kind of heard pieces of it today from me. I'm not going to pretend like I was immediately a hundred percent on board with every single healthy thing that Laura suggested at the beginning. And like, she's the expert, you know what I mean? And, um, we have a really amazing relationship. We communicate really well And I think super highly of everything she says, but I still knew that I couldn't do like every healthy thing possible right at the beginning. So I know it was frustrating for Laura at times at the beginning, trying to find that balance, but just starting simple, like I said, trying to switch out, you know, fries for sweet potato fries. And then occasionally like, all right, we have the burger, but now it has broccoli or a salad or something on the side or really the hidden veggies things. I know that Laura, like um, some people give her a hard time about it on like social media and stuff because they joke about, you know, like, why do you have to hide vegetables from your grown husband? Like, I know that. Like, of course, it's silly, but like, it's the reality of like, people just like what they like, you know, and it doesn't mean that it has to be a bad thing. And I know that, like I said, it, it can be frustrating, especially like for Laura, or if, if you're someone that cooks all the meals in your house, like you're the person making this food, like you, want, <laughs> you want people to like that food and, and just eat the food and move on. But just trying to mix it in. Anything that you can make is just even a small little hidden vegetable. Like I said, switching out a side. That's what I would do. And over time, you can you can really build from there. Like I said, that's how we started everything. And now I really value trying to like make sure that I eat a salad as many days a week for lunch as possible. Like we try to make sure that we mix in a green as much as we can for dinner. And I don't mind that. Like I said, now at this point, like it's almost like a challenge to me for lack of a better word of like how many salads or healthier items can I eat in a week? And if you would have asked me, if you would have said that same thing to me a few years ago, absolutely not. Like I would have never, ever gone that or never thought I would be that person. So it's, it's just trying to be patient. I know like that's easy for me to say, but that's what I feel like worked is that Laura was able to like stick with that. We both were trying to be flexible. We did try to improve some things but it wasn't too much too quickly. It was just slowly over time building that up. And now I eat by far the healthiest that I've, that I've ever eaten. Um, and that's why I feel a lot healthier. I feel a lot better, even though like 
I'm not the skinniest person in the world. I don't worry about that. Or I couldn't even tell you the last time I stepped on a scale. Like, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> like, I know that I'm doing the right things. I know that I'm not, like, crazy skinny, but I know that I'm healthy. I'm content with that. And, you know, sometimes I do notice, like, my, my weight drop a little bit. I've noticed that over the last, like, couple of months, actually. Like, but it's not something I'm, like, trying to do at any given point. It's just improving these habits over time, and it's it's kind of helped with that. And I think that's all it is, is trying to make them as small and tiny little ladder steps as possible, and you'd be amazed how far you'll get in three months, six months, a year, five years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, the tortoise and the hare example is, is so relatable for healthy habits because, you know, you can either rush and try to get to the end faster by cutting out foods and, you know, skipping meals and doing all these crazy exercises and things, but you're not building any sustainable habits, or you can take it slow and learn one thing after another and build these habits, and then you have a whole lifetime of health ahead of you. Which of those sounds better? Like, which one do you want? Do you want to be 10 years from now still working on a diet, still frustrated about how you look, still unhappy? Or do you want to be living a a life of ease? Like one of those things, both of those things are possible. And one of those things definitely sounds better, right? Like, and that is absolutely the philosophy that I think both of us have. So thank you for that advice, Shane. Okay, fun questions. There are only two. The first one is, um, what was your favorite date with Laura? Favorite date. That one's kind of tricky. I don't know that I can say a specific date. Like we've had some really good dates, but whenever you say like my specific date with Laura, I just think of a time with Laura. And my first thing that comes into my head was our honeymoon. Like right after we got married, um, we went to Barbados for our honeymoon and it was awesome. It was like the greatest vacation ever. Like we still talk about it all the time. We got these awesome pictures and I know like most people don't know me very well. I do not like pictures. I don't like taking pictures. I feel like I look terrible in every picture. And there are multiple pictures from that trip that I'm like, these are like just the greatest pictures. Now, granted, I mostly think that because my wife is incredibly beautiful. So that makes the pictures better. But like, they're really good pictures. But we just had such a good time. It was such a like relaxing thing. We just really got to enjoy spending time with each other. We didn't have like, you know, the responsibilities or anything that you usually have on a day to day life. And it was just a really fun time to like get to like celebrate being married and all those kind of things. So I know that's not really an exact answer, but date is hard. I would probably just have to say honeymoon. Yeah, no, I agree. I think my favorite date was whenever we went, it was one of our very first dates. Before we were even dating, we went to watch one of the Greenville Drive um, minor league baseball games. And there was like this (laughs) cute little girl with, I don't know, her grandma maybe sitting beside us. And she like looked over at me one time and she said, is he your boyfriend? And I was like, not yet. And then I tried to wink at her in my best possible wink, which is not a good wink. Um, And then she said, don't let him kiss you until he is. And I just thought that was so adorable. So I told Shane, and then whenever he asked me to be his girlfriend, he was like, is it okay if I kiss you now? And that is just one of the best stories. Like, is that not a fairy tale in real life? I love that story. Um, The next question, Shane, is when did you know that I was the one? Oh, See, same thing. I feel like that's so hard to narrow that down. And maybe, like, for some people that is easy. Like, maybe some people are like, yes, there's this one specific thing. Um, I don't know if I have one specific event, but, like, a good example that I can say that was, like, uh, this, that I feel like to me showed, yeah, this was definitely something for the long haul, was there was a day we were at my parents' house, and my family had, like, really frustrated me for probably a couple days straight. Um, at this point about all these different things and Laura had come because um, she and I were going to go to Greenville actually for a different event and she was sitting on the couch and my dad asked me to go and do something and I and it just like was I was frustrated and then Laura agreed with my dad about it or whatever and I got like really frustrated and I kind of like snapped at her which I like is just not a thing that I do I'm sure Laura will like elaborate like because it's like oh yeah sure it's not like I am not that person. Like, it takes a lot for me to even get, like, a hint of anger, much less, like, snap at anyone. But I, like, snapped at Laura really quick. And then we got in the car right after that and drove to Greenville, which sounds super fun, right? But, and and I, I definitely felt bad about it. Laura was, of course, like, frustrated about it and upset with me because, like, she couldn't believe that I did that, probably. Um, But we were in the car and we were driving and 
I apologize. Like it took us a little while. I was I was definitely quiet for a little while, coming to terms with everything. But I apologize. I was I was genuinely sorry. I told her that I like kind of took that out on her, and it it wasn't her fault. But it wasn't so much like looking back on it. Like the fact that I like snapped at her was definitely wrong. There was no need for that. But I'm also like someone that really guards my emotions like pretty heavily. So the fact that I like as I look back at it later, like the fact that I even felt comfortable in that moment to show the emotion of anger to her even though it wasn't like her fault or she didn't deserve it was something I looked at of like, wow. And the fact that we had this whole conversation in the car. And by the time we got to Greenville and went to this event, we were over it. Like we were laughing about it. We had an amazing day. Like you'd have never known anything happened. And I just thought it was so cool that like that happened. We were able to have a full discussion about it. We both felt comfortable and then we moved on. Cause that's, you know, that's just not always the case. Like sometimes you may like have that conversation and everybody quote unquote moves on, but they're still like, harboring that anger on one side or the other and you know she could have had every reason to i wouldn't have like blamed her for it but she didn't i didn't we moved on and it was really a fun day and i like that to me i think is probably like the only like immediate example i could think of that kind of shows like what that relationship could be and then what it's grown into from from that point yeah no that i mean i literally have tears in my eyes thinking back to that and what that day kind of i feel like signified for us and for me like from my side, first of all, I was at first thought Shane was joking whenever he snapped at me because I had never seen that side of him before. He does not get angry. When I tell y'all, I've seen this man angry a handful of times in our like six years we've been together. Like I literally hardly know an angry side of Shane. And so whenever he did that, I at first smiled at him and kind of laughed because I did not know that he was being serious. And then whenever he walked back by a few minutes later, he gave me these eyes and I was like, this man was being mean to me. (laughs) And I was shocked and I was so mad. I was like, I did not deserve for him to be mean to me in this moment, especially to the degree that he was. And so I was, I was really mad. We didn't until we got to Greenville, which is like what, 30 ish, 40 minutes from your parents' house. Um, I did, we didn't really say anything to each other. And then finally, Shane and I apologized. We got out of the car. We hugged. We made up. And then, like we said, we went on about our day and never really thought twice about it. And now we laugh about it. It's freaking hilarious to us now that that happened. And that absolutely could have been something that we argued about for days. And we could have turned it into this big thing. And instead, we were like, we just didn't, you know? And I think for me... That was, that really meant a lot. Like, that just really showed the type of relationship that we were capable of having. And also, you know, to, for my side of answering that question, uh, for a while, like, when we first started dating, our relationship was wonderful. And then there we, there was, like, I don't know, like, six months to a year where things were actually pretty difficult for us. Like, we really weren't happy together for a little while there. We, we didn't really talk about it much. And I think that that was part of the problem is that we weren't communicating well at all. But like, we were doing things that weren't making the other person happy. But also we weren't letting the other person know that we were unhappy with those things. Like there was just a lot of, of miscommunication there or no communication at all. And so I mean, it, and then finally, we had a conversation about it once, but it really, I say, I like to say Shane tried to drive to my house to break up with me, which he, he says that he didn't, but. I will continue to deny that. That's not what happened. <laughs> he, I came to my house on like a Tuesday and Shane was there and we were dating long distance. And so it was a shock that Shane was at my house on a Tuesday and I got so excited. I was like, oh my God, Shane's going to be here for like a whole week. How fun is this going to be? I came in, I started cleaning up my house and then I. I saw the look on his face. I was like, oh my God, he's here to break up with me. And so we like sat down, had a conversation and all I kept saying was, please don't break up with me. Please don't break up with me. I want to be with you. I feel like this is meant to be like, please don't break up with me. And I just kept begging, don't break up with me. So we went on and, you know, we still were a little bit unhappy, still not communicating because I still wasn't talking about what what I was feeling and letting him know the true things I was thinking. All I was saying was don't break up with me, but I wasn't telling him why I was unhappy in, in our relationship. You know what I mean? Like we were not talking to each other about it. And, and I think it's just out of fear. I was scared to tell him how I was feeling because how was it going to come across and what if he didn't understand and all these things. Um, 
And then finally one day in the parking lot of a pizza place, we had like a just like true like, you know, let's just tell each other really how we feel. And that was the day that our relationship really shifted. You know what I mean? Like that was the day that things actually started changing for the better. And I wouldn't say that's the day that I knew Shane was the one. I don't know when I knew he was the one. Mm-hmm. I I knew he was the one so much earlier in the relationship than I think he did. Like I I felt from the night that I met Shane that I wanted to marry him. I don't know something about him. And I'm so glad because he is absolutely perfect. Have you heard him on this thing? He's a perfect human. Um or a perfect husband. You're not you're an imperfect human, but that's why I love you. Um anyway, and so I think Whenever we started actually openly communicating with each other is whenever we began to see, like, okay, this can be a relationship that lasts forever. Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree. And, like, on some of the things you touched on, you're right. Like, when I drove there for that, it was, it was, it wasn't a breaking up, but it was a breaking point of, like, I had realized, like, I just didn't feel like she was happy. Like, that was really the big thing for me. Like I said, I, I am not, like, I have improved tremendously on it now, but I, w- I have not always been, like, a great communicator um, with, you know, other people, and especially not when it comes to my feelings. And so I just felt like she was really unhappy, like, and, and I didn't really know how to fix that or what was going on or, or anything. And I, you know, was pretty certain that it had to do with me, but I didn't know how to fix it. And so I went there because I felt like I needed to tell her, like, hey, I feel like you're really unhappy. Like, I don't know what to do with this. And it wasn't, it just wasn't a conversation I wanted to have over the phone. And you know, obviously not going to text about that. Like, I wanted to talk to her in person and, like, try to, like, see what we could figure out. And like she said, I don't think that conversation really got us very far. I don't think we really accomplished much. But I, what I do think it did was it opened the door that we realized, like, we both at least realized at some point some better communication was going to come. And we hadn't figured it out yet. And... Like she said, I think that that conversation in the the pizza parking lot was definitely where we got there. Of like, finally that door had been open, and that was when we finally just kicked it down. Um, and we got everything out in the open, chatted about everything, and once we like really like understood where the other person was coming from, what the other person was looking for, it made our lives so much easier. Because then I felt so much more comfortable communicating with her. She was so much more comfortable communicating with me. We didn't like bury stuff anymore, for lack of a better word. Like. We just told each other things, like, even if it wasn't maybe our favorite thing to talk about, or maybe it was something that we're like, yeah, I hadn't really talked about this, but we knew we needed to, and we, like, just slowly over time had more and more of those conversations, and now I feel like we communicate incredibly well. Like, I feel like we talk incredibly regularly. We talk about all the topics we need to. We don't really hide stuff from each other. If we do, maybe it's like a temporary thing because we're trying to figure our way out through it and then talk to that person you know a couple hours later the next day or something just to like get it off our chest but we don't really hide stuff anymore and I think like you said that's that's what helped get us to where we are now is like we just had to learn that it wasn't it wasn't always easy we both had our challenges like we we both had some things we could have done better there's definitely things that I could have like done better and maybe recognized sooner. And I'm sure you could say the same thing. Like that's just a reality of it. Like you said, I'm not a perfect human. You're not a perfect human, but we like can be a perfect couple, but it took us a lot of like trial and error. I feel like during that stretch, cause you're right at the beginning, it was just easy. Like when we first met each other, like we could talk and talk and talk and we were just cruising right along. But then there was a lot of those other things when you have to try to build that deeper connection with someone that you're like, gonna like call your spouse and like spend your life with it's just so different and we struggled we really did not do a good job of that at the beginning and I think that's what's also helped now because we know what the really good feels like we know what the really bad feels like and we know the effort that it took to get from the really bad um to I think equip us better for the things that we've done since then I mean since then we've moved to Florida had multiple jobs lived in multiple places like we've had a lot of different experiences that can be challenging, but were easier for us, I feel like, because of those challenges we had before. Um, and obviously, there's still a lot of life left and a lot of challenges that we're going to like, have to try to overcome. But at least the fact that we communicate with each other now, I feel like, gives us a better chance to be able to deal with those things than we had at that time when we basically just didn't talk to each other. And when we did, it wasn't about anything important. We didn't really get into deep level stuff. And that's when I think, like you said, everything changed that day. And, and since then, we've been much much better and it's you know improved our relationship i don't i couldn't even know like you know multitudes for sure in in so many ways 
Yeah. And I think it was just out of fear. I think it was that we were scared and that we had some past demons that, and I mean, I did, and I don't know about you, Shane, but like I had past things that had happened that impacted the way that I viewed relationships and myself in a relationship and myself in general that I I didn't even know were impacting me. They were beliefs I didn't even know that I had. And it wasn't until we were in a relationship together that those things came to surface. And I had to work through them myself before we could work through them together. You know what I mean? And so I think, you know, some lessons to learn from this are patience and communication really are key in having a healthy and sustainable relationship. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm sure like... You're right. It's just so many things that you have to learn like along the way. And there's some stuff like I kind of just had to like grow up and I didn't realize that. You know what I mean? I thought I like knew a lot of things, but there was still just like some maturing to do really for lack of a better word. Um, And I was able to kind of go through that process with you, but you had to, I guess, endure kind of that process with me of like being the person to help me learn those things. And, And, you know, um, and I think vice versa for you. I'm sure there's some things that you kind of had to learn that I had to like help be there for in the meantime, but it did. It, like you said, it, it definitely some created some challenges. We both had to learn some things and, and you know, make some Im- improvements to like be the, the fit that we are now. And, you know, not to say that we do everything perfectly, but we at least communicate in a way to give ourselves that chance to like have a good understanding of each other, understand where each other's coming from and, and when we get, you know, sad, angry, upset, frustrated with each other, we just tell each other these things. Mm-hmm. It might take a little bit of time to get there. Laura likes to, like, slap some stuff around and make some noise before she tells me stuff. She wants to make sure she makes a good dramatic sound effect in the background like it's a movie. But we talk about it, you know what I mean? And it's just identifying those things with each other and having those conversations versus, like, you know, at first, if I would have known... That she would, you know, bang stuff on the kitchen counter to make noise to show that she was angry. I would just ignore it, probably. Now it's, you know, we a little bit more direct, like whether, you know, whether it's in some kind of a, a joking tone or a serious tone. I recognize that she is upset about something and, and try to get into that conversation versus before I would have never, ever, ever even had that conversation. I'd be like, oh, she's angry. Let me just like stay away from her at, at all costs so that she can be angry and get over it. But that's not how she operates. And it's just one of those things that we had to learn with like communicating with each other. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for being here and being on the show, Shane. This was so much fun. And ladies, I hope that you got some really good info to take to your husbands to start, I hate to use this word, start applying to your husband and um, helping him, whether that be helping him, you know, in terms of your relationship or on a health journey or anything along those lines. Thank you all for being here, listening to this episode of Isn't She Powerful and just being a part of my space. I love every single one of you. I am wishing you all a happy, happy Valentine's Day and I will see you next week. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see you again next week. And always remember, the more you know, the more you grow.